Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Keeps getting weirder with all these domestic violence incidents that pop up. And in baseball, it's happened again. Julio Urias of the Dodgers was arrested over the weekend on felony domestic violence charges. The second domestic violence arrest in the past four years for him. He's going to be a free agent. He's 27. He was arrested Sunday night, booked into jail around one in the morning into Monday. And he was released on 50,000 bond at around 5 a.m. He's got a court date in late September. The Dodgers said they're aware of the incident involving Urias, and he's not with the team as they begin their six-game road trip starting tonight in Miami. He was arrested uh, in 2019 on suspicion of domestic battery. He wasn't charged. He got a 20-gamer, a suspension from baseball with the domestic violence policy. No player has been suspended twice for violating the policy since it started in 2015. Baseball is investigating him. The players charged with domestic violence typically are placed on administrative leave. And same thing as Urias had to go through in his suspension in 2019. His court date is during the last week of the regular season. He's been one of the best in baseball over the last three years. He had a NL best 2-1-6 ERA and third place Cy Young finish last year. He's going to be a free agent. He's got a 4.60 ERA, and he's allowed a career-high 24 homers in 117 and a third innings. But he's got problems with his off-field behavior and domestic violence charges multiple times. Sounds to me like he's a bad seed. We got to go back to last night and how badly Clemson got their ass beat in Durham by Duke. A team that hadn't won a game against the top 10 teams since 1989. Clemson left there trying to figure out what had just happened. Dabo said, it was the weirdest game I've ever been a part of. I've been beat. I've had my butt kicked. But that's the strangest game I've ever been a part of. Clemson had 12 more first downs, 48 more yards, and both threw and rushed for 200 yards. Swinney noted afterwards that they were 108 all time. 108 no. 108 no. You heard me. 108 no. 
when uh, they had thrown for 200-plus and ran for 200-plus. The performance last night was ugly, though. Swinney said, it's almost indescribable what I just saw. It's incredibly frustrating when you had so much opportunity. It's routine stuff, the basics, fundamentals, basic, basic stuff. Cade Klubney threw for 209, rushed for 34 more, but his scramble on a fourth and seven midway through the fourth ended with a turnover on downs. He was short on the play. A flag was thrown for targeting, but officials still gave the ball to Duke. Dabo said it was the right call. He said the play uh, would be a learning experience for Klubnik. It was his second career start for Clemson after their Orange Bowl loss to Tennessee last year. Dabo said he's a gritty kid, a tough competitor. I'm glad we've got him because I know how he's going to respond. He said he thinks the same thing about the rest of the team. And uh, he said, we're not entitled to win. You got to earn it. We had an opportunity to get control of that game on multiple occasions, and we just didn't. That's how you get beat. Clemson lost their opener for the second time in three years. And it was their worst ACC loss since 2014. And he said it doesn't change the expectations for this year's team. He said people are going to see the score and judge this team. I love this football team, and I see a lot of opportunity here. A lot of people are probably going to give up on us and throw us away, but I ain't throwing this team away. We're going to bounce back. Klubnik said uh, this is just going to be a sweet story. That's just the dream that I have and the dreams that our team has is to respond. That's a decision we got to make. Are we going to respond or are we going to get to letting this linger? Ultimately, our goal is to play in 15 games and finish 14-1. and We can't go undefeated now, but there's a lot of games left. He talked about they lost to Pitt in 2016 and still went on to win the national championship. But in reality, it's their third loss in their last four games. That hasn't happened since 2011. Dabo said the good news is, if there's any good news, you didn't see a horrible football team out there. You saw a bad result, but you didn't see a bad football team that can't play the game. So Riley Leonard broke loose for a 44-yard TD. They were so tough and physical in this game. Jock has more, had a nine-yard run, and he beat multiple guys to the pylon on the right side in the fourth quarter. And that game had two-touchdown lead. They controlled the game because Clemson couldn't score. Their lone score uh, came on a, uh, after a fumble on a drive that ended in the red zone before halftime. Mike Elko's got a team in Durham. That's all there is to it. He said it's important on the outside because I think it makes people believe a little bit more than what we've been saying since the day I got here. What we've been saying internally is, is that this is what Duke football is capable of. We've never wavered from that at all. The students, the Cameron Crazies showed up and they stormed the field at the end of the game. Clemson had the ball at the one-yard line first and goal twice and didn't score either time. Duke blocked two field goals. They twice recovered fumbles. In goal line moments, they did it all. Clemson lost to Duke for the first time since 2004. Duke's Dorian Mousy made a pick with about five minutes left, and Duke's team was waving to the Clemson sideline and their fans, Clemson's, 
They were headed for the exits. Jordan Waters broke free with three minutes left for a score, 36 yards out. And it ended Duke's 28-game losing streak to top 10 opponents. The last win, believe it or not, coming against Clemson in 89. It's unbelievable that uh, Clemson finished with 422 total yards. They had it in the uh, air, had it on the ground, and they just couldn't score. You're looking at Duke making the top 25 for the first time since 2018. Clemson goes home to Death Valley to take on Charleston Southern from the Big South Conference this Saturday. Duke has a game against Lafayette from the Pat League on Saturday. That should be easy pickings for them. I still have to go back to Sunday, right? I mean, it was bad enough Monday night because I thought Clemson would win, and I thought LSU would win. Jordan Travis accounted for five touchdowns for Florida State, and they spanked Brian Kelly's LSU Tigers' ass 45-24. to They led 17-14 at the half and then just got stomped. The Seminoles extended their winning streak to seven, and they are now a team that's one of the favorites to make the college football playoff after that performance. FSU stopped uh, the LSU Tigers twice on fourth down in the first half, including once at the goal line. They scored the go-ahead TD one play after Travis connected with Toffoli for a 41-yarder on fourth and two. Travis ran in on the ensuing play to put the Knolls up 24-17, and it was all over but the shouting in front of 65,000-plus in Orlando. LSU was a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Florida State won their final six games last season. Mike Norvell's got it going in his fourth year in Tallahassee. Keon Coleman had a huge game. He transferred from Michigan State to Florida State. He finished with nine catches for 122 yards. He had scoring plays of 40, 21, and seven yards. Johnny Wilson had seven catches for 104 yards. I mean, it was unbelievable. Travis in the second half connected on 11 of 13 passes. They took the lead, never looked back. And the LSU faithful were headed to the exits. I don't know if Jaden Daniels was bad. He was 22 of 37 for 347 yards with a pick. He did have a 75-yard score at the end of the game. He ran 15 times for 64 yards. He got lit up by Tatum Bethune when he tried to run up the middle and leap, and he got lit up. You knew they were in trouble early. Uh, LSU had Trey Bradford uh, on a hookup from Daniels, 55 yards on the first play of the game. They had six shots to score from inside the five-yard line and never got close. I'll tell you what, LSU's got problems. They allowed 483 yards. They were terrible on third downs. They let Florida State convert eight of 13 on third downs. I mean, it's crazy. Florida State looks like a title contender to me. Uh, they could move in, you know, to the top five. They're going to definitely be up in power rankings and everything else. You don't want to mess with this football team. Now they get back to kicking ass and taking names. LSU hosts Grambling State Saturday. 
What a tough matchup that's going to be for him. Nice scheduling, you pansy asses. Florida State hosts Southern Miss on Saturday in Tallahassee at Doak. So, you know, easy pickings for both of them. But that's a massive loss for LSU. They don't matter now to me. I thought they'd go to the playoff. I thought they had a chance to win the national championship. I thought Kelly was going to rock and roll in this second year down in Baton Rouge. I was buying in on the Tigers, and they're not going to do anything now. After I saw them get rolled like that and get their ass beat like that, what are they going to beat Georgia? What are they going to beat Alabama? They're not going to beat anybody that matters. If Florida State pushes you around that easily, put the Knowles in their place. Forget about LSU. It is what it is. I can't wait for more college football action this weekend on Saturday. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.